say welcome to everyone joining today. We are one house with many rooms, and we are all across the state of Montana. Um, a special shout out to those in Billings who were spied on this week by a Chinese balloon. Um, to Salt Lake City, to Portland, uh, Polson, just want to shout out to you all across the state of Montana, but also we are joined online by incredible people. Fresh Life Church Online is so beautiful. Um, some of our cities that we um, get to be in via online is Los Angeles, New York, Dallas, Atlanta, Chicago, the list goes on, but I just want to specifically welcome those of you from those great cities. And we are going to finish up this series this weekend talking about the what of life change. My husband has done such a brilliant job at laying out the who, the how, the why, the when of life change. And really, if you've, if you've missed any of them, you've got to go back and listen to them. I personally have been so impacted and so changed by the stunning simplicity of what it looks like to embrace the little things, the little by little, the little ways that we let in, that our whole life will be set in. And um, so I just encourage you to catch those if you missed them. But um, today I'm excited to talk about the what. Today we're going to talk about what can't be taken away. And we're going to start in the book of Luke. <clears throat> if you have your Bibles on your phone, you can turn there. But we also have it on the screen for you as well. Luke chapter 10, verse 38. It says, now it happened as they went that he, Jesus, entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore tell her to help me. And Jesus answered her, and said to her, Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part which will not be taken away from her. And Father, in these few moments, as we open your word, knowing the power of it, knowing the beauty of it, knowing that it's you speaking to us. We ask that we would surrender to you in this time, that you would speak to us, that you would open the eyes of our understanding, open the eyes of our heart to see the truth that you have for each and every one of us in the specific situations that we're in. You're able to do that through your living word. Thank you so much for what you're doing in our hearts in these past weeks, right now in this moment, the strings that you've touched even watching that video. You are good. You are God. You love us. Speak now, your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I love this little passage. 
Um, we could talk a lot about a lot of things, but I don't have time for a lot of things, so we're just going to focus in on the fact that Jesus said something life-changing about what Mary chose. And we can find ourselves in Martha, we can find ourselves in Mary. I'm not even going to go there because we should all just study that and ask God to do in us when we're worried and troubled and distracted by many things, which I will raise my both hands and say, I have been there. But Jesus says, one thing is needed. One thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part. Where is my pen? Is it here? Here it is. Mary has chosen, do I need to do that? Do I need to shake it? Oh, I do, okay. Shout out to our team who made this beautiful board, by the way. So Mary has chosen the one thing, that good part which can't be taken away. And what is that? Spending time at Jesus' feet. So if we're creating something that I will show you soon. We have Jesus and his word. We're just going to circle that, let you look at that for a little bit. Mary chose the good part, the one thing. Now, one thing that has changed my life is the simplicity of that very thing, Jesus and his word. And it seems so simple just to make everything about Jesus and his word, but really that is what it's all about. Focusing on what can't be taken away. So if this is what can't be taken away, Jesus and his word, I want to consider what can be taken away. Now, in preparation for this message, I was laying in bed one night and all these things just kept, random things just kept coming to my mind of things that can be taken away. And the very first thing that I thought of was my brown hair. I realized <laughs> that there's going to come a day that I won't have naturally brown hair unless I decide to dye it. That is going to be taken away from me. And I don't know about you, I'm at the age, I'm 41, and I love 40s, they're amazing, but... Um, I'm at the age where these past couple years, I, every time I see one, I pluck it. But it's not like I don't want them. It's just that it's like, you don't belong there. And so I'm like taking them out whenever I see Levi. And he literally has like only a few in his beard. I'm always like trying to get him. He's like, don't take those from me. I've worked hard for those. <laughs> and, um, but it's such a weird place to be because it's like, I know I shouldn't keep them. And my hairdresser tells me like, once you pluck them, then they start like coming in weird, like either like really curly. I don't know exactly how that all works, but I have one right here that I've left intact, still on my head. And, um, but I just realized that my brown hair is going to be taken away from me. Um, my tight skin is already being taken away from me and the wrinkles are setting in. And after having five babies, I don't want to give TMI, but my, I had like made, I have major stretch marks from my five pregnancies. My first, like, they all went down my belly, and then my second, they all went across my belly. <laughs> and so I just have a huge hashtag across my... Um, but things are taken away from me. I'm sorry if that was TMI, but... Um, but things are taken away, and I was just thinking of the things that 
are taken away from us. And I just wanted to kind of write some of these. Obviously, I'll put that one up here. Brown hair. <laughs> you blondies are lucky. Um, we've got health. Wealth. Power can be taken away. Freedom. Outer beauty. Status. Followers can be taken away. You think you have lots of followers. Sometimes you don't even know who your followers are and how many there actually are. Popularity. School can be taken away. For some of us, it's like, oh man, I wish school would be taken away. Role, influence can be taken away. Your platform. Friends. Marriage. Relationships. I'm getting all my school teacher feels out. I really always wanted to be a teacher. Your home. Job. Loved ones. Those are some things. I know there's so many, so many more. And in these past five years, we've experienced what can be taken away. We didn't know five years ago what these past five years were going to look like. But these things can be taken away. This week, for those of you who are reading the Bible in a year with us as a church, are you guys, you guys hanging in there? You guys, you are? Yay! Okay. Um, if you haven't um, yet, you can still grab one of these. And honestly, we've read through Genesis. We've read through Job already. We're going through the Bible chronologically. And now we're just started Exodus. And so um, you don't have to get caught up. You could always just start where we're at get caught up later. I will say that Genesis is just full of weird and wild and wonderful. So <laughs> I think you could actually get caught up pretty quickly. Um, but this week we were reading about Joseph. And every time I read about Joseph, I'm so inspired by a man who had everything taken away from him. Literally, he was taken away and had everything taken away from him. In Genesis, I'm just going to kind of highlight a few things here. Um, Genesis 39 says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Verse 2, The Lord was with Joseph. And he was a successful man. And his master saw that the Lord was with him 
and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, and he was made overseer of his house. All that he had was put under his his authority. Um, And then it says in verse 5, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. So here we see in the, the actual story of his brother's wanting to kill him but not, throwing him into a pit, selling him as a slave. That's further, that's earlier on. But this tells us he was taken from his home to Egypt and the Lord blessed him. 39 verse 9, he goes through all this thing with his master's wife because, I mean, she just needed help. But, um, but his response was, how can I do this? How can I sin with you? But he said, sin against God. How can I sin against God? Later on, it says, uh, verse 21, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. Verse 23, the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Chapter 45, I'm just giving you a little rundown. Um, He says to his brothers, do not therefore be grieved or angry with yourselves because you sold me, which, what kind of sentence is that? But he said, here he says, for God sent me before you to preserve life. God sent me before you to preserve life. Ugh. 47.11. It says, and Joseph, so when his, his father and his brothers all came back, it says, Joseph situated his father and his brothers So after all they had done, they come back. His heart is to serve them and to situate them and to help them be welcomed and comfortable in Egypt so that they would live and not die. Chapter 50, verse 19, he says, do not be afraid. It was after after his his dad died and his brothers are like, oh, now Joseph's going to kill us. Now the real Joseph is going to come out. And he's going to kill us. But he said to them, do not be afraid, for am I in the place of God? As for you, you meant evil against me, but God meant it for good in order to bring it about as this day to save many people alive. He said, I will provide for you and your little ones. And he comforted them and spoke kindly to them. He comforted them and spoke kindly to them. Now this is beautiful because here we have Jesus and his word which cannot be taken away. <clears throat> but we see in, in Joseph's life, we see what else can't be taken away is God's presence. The Lord was with Joseph. What can't be taken away is true prosperity Whatever he did, God made it prosper. Whatever he did. Integrity. He says, how can I sin against God? No one else would see this, 
but God would see this. Integrity, perspective. God meant it for good. You wanted to kill me, brothers. You threw me in a pit. You sold me in slavery. You meant it for evil. Yes, and that's a big statement. You meant it for evil. But God meant it for good. What what else can't be taken away? A servant's heart. Joseph served his dad and served his brothers. What else can't be taken away? Fruitfulness. So I didn't read this, but um, Jacob on his deathbed blessed all of his sons. And Joseph's was all blessing, like literally. So there were some other ones where there's some curses like snuck in there. But this one, he said that Joseph was a fruitful bough by a well. His blessing over his son, fruitfulness can't be taken away. God's work in you. To save many people alive, God had a plan. And then they comfort for others and kindness. Joseph chose comfort and kindness when he could have chosen bitterness. When we keep Jesus in the center, the most important things flow from it. So these are the most important things. But if we still keep Jesus in the center of everything, they come out to these things also and, are, and affect everything in our lives. But what's beautiful is that these things can be taken away and our lives don't have to be shaken, ruined, destroyed, because what really matters the most is still intact. And if we let... And if we let Jesus and his words stay the center, stay the very thing, the one thing that can't be taken away, we can actually be kind, have integrity, prosper, love in the midst of heartache and trial. We don't know what these next five years are going to bring. But we can look at it knowing that whatever comes, whatever storm may come, whatever trial may come, Whatever loss may come, my eyes are fixed on Jesus and his word. No one can actually take these from you, but you can take these things from you when you choose to not keep Jesus in the center. The idea is that as we keep Jesus and his word the center of our lives, it permeates Every single thing we do. Joseph was in prison. He was successful in prison because he, he knew that God was with him. And so everything he did prospered. Everything he touched was beautiful. So if you are the only one who can be cultivating the soil of your soul, number one, keep Jesus and his word in the center of your heart and your life. Keep Jesus and his word in the center of your heart and in your life. There are so many verses that 
talk about the beauty of God's Word. Um, goodness gracious, all my notes. Let's see. Um, 2 Timothy 3.16, God has breathed life into all Scripture. It is useful for teaching us what is true. It is useful for correcting our mistakes. It is useful for making our lives whole again. It is useful for training us to do what is right. By using Scripture, the servant of God can be completely prepared to do every good thing. God's Word is powerful. Psalm 119, verse 9. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Verse 11. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Last year, um, we were in the Way of Suffering series, which was leading us to Easter. And my husband was preaching, and he gave this long list of things like, hey, do this, do this, do this. And the one that I highlighted and that I felt like God highlighted, highlighted to me was memorize scripture. And as I turned 40 last year, my psalm for the year was Psalm 40. And I was just reading it. My, my goal that last year was just to study it, to read it, to learn the insides and outs of Psalm 40. But when he said that, I was like, I'm going to memorize Psalm 40. And that was very scary for me because I, the longest thing I'd ever memorized was Psalm 23. And I'm getting, getting older and my mind's not getting, I don't know, maybe it is, who knows. But um, but I memorized Psalm 40. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. He has put a new song in my mouth, praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man who makes the Lord his trust and does not respect the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are your wonderful works which you have done and your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted to you in order. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. Sacrifice and offering you did not desire. My ears you have opened. Burnt offering and sin offering you did not require. Then I said, Behold, I come. In the scroll of the book, it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God, and your law is within my heart. I have proclaimed the good news of righteousness in the great assembly. Indeed, I do not restrain my lips. O Lord, you yourself know. I have not hidden your righteousness within my heart. I have declared your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your loving kindness and your truth from the great assembly. Do not withhold your tender mercies from me, O Lord. Let your loving kindness and your truth continually preserve me, for innumerable evils have surrounded me. My iniquities have overtaken me so that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head, therefore my heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. Let them be ashamed and brought to dishonor who wish me evil. 
let them be driven backward. Oh, I got that wrong. It brought to dishonor who, oh yeah. Is it up there? Okay. Let them be ashamed and brought to mutual confusion who seek to destroy my life. <laughs> Let them be confounded because of their shame who say to me, aha, aha. Let all those who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. Let such as love your salvation say continually, the Lord be magnified. But I am poor and needy, and yet the Lord thinks upon me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. And I don't say that because I want you to clap for me. (laughs) I show you that because if I can do that, anybody can do that. If I can memorize 17 verses, Anyone can memorize 17 verses. And I just want to encourage you, church, that it's possible and that it's, this has revolutionized my life. I'm addicted to memorizing scripture. This year, I'm memorizing Psalm 92. I'm memorizing James, well, the book of James with my husband. That's the goal. Um, but it has revolutionized my prayer life, how I pray for others, It's changed me, and I just want you to know that because it does. As you keep Jesus the center, as you keep his word the center, it doesn't matter what's on the outskirts of this. God could bring wealth, that's awesome, but he could also take it away. God could bring health, that's amazing, but he could also take it away. God could bring a baby in my life, but he could also take them away. God is so good. He is so kind. He has a plan for each and every one of us. And I just want to encourage you, church, to keep the main thing the main thing. To wrap this up, number two is keep your identity and your community crucial. And what I mean by that is when, you're, when you have a goal of what you want to be, a goal of what you want to become, In the book, Atomic Habits by James Clear, he talks about the key to behavior change is identity change. When you see yourself as the kind of person that would do that thing, it changes everything. So it's not like, I'm gonna eat better, I'm gonna um, have six pack abs, I'm gonna, this is a, when you say I'm healthy, a healthy person, I wanna be a healthy person, And then you have these little decisions in front of you and the way you think is, oh, what would a healthy person choose? Okay, so if I'm a healthy person, maybe not right now in this very moment, but in my heart and in my mind, I'm a healthy person. In this moment, I won't choose the Reese's, although I really want the Reese's. I'll choose the carrots because honestly, they're actually really sweet. And when you train your body and your mind to have something naturally sweet versus not necessarily good for your body sweet, it changes everything. It, it, that affects anything that you, that you want it to. Who am I? Who am I changes what I do. So let your identity and let your community be crucial. What does crucial mean? Crucial means something very important, extremely important, but it also means of the cross. 
So if we let our identity, who we are, who God says we are, which is... Oh no, did I write this one down? Oh yeah. But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Keep your identity and your community. It matters who you do life with. It matters who you surround yourself with. So if you keep your identity who you are, your community who's around you, crucial, revolving around the cross, it will change everything. And so, Father, we look to you. We need you. In this moment, I pray for those who who are far from you. I pray that they would choose you. I pray that they would see that their identity is all about you. They are your child. They were designed by you, created by you, to create. So in this moment, very simply, if that's you, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you can just say it in your heart. All you say is, dear God, I need you. I can't fix myself. I can't do life on my own. I need you. I need Jesus to be front and center. I believe that Jesus died on the cross. I believe that he defeated death by rising from the dead, conquering fear and death. And I surrender to you. I mean, you don't, I I probably went too fast, but it's, it's that idea. You're saying, God, I need you. Jesus, I receive you. I confess you. In Jesus' name. 